TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 523, and I'm Libby, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair the Department of Communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hey, it's Peter. I live in Hollywood and write for whysoblue.com. Hi, this is Yusun, a costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, let's start off with the news, and Tom has that for us. Go ahead, Tom. Yes, I do. At, at Apple TV+, Plus, Jennifer Garner will replace Julia Roberts in the drama The Last Thing He Told Me because of a scheduling conflict. Uh, CBS announced that their programming so far has been viewed 166 billion minutes this season. <laughs> I'd like to know who's watching it, though. That's always been the problem with CBS. It's usually old people. Um <laughs> Simon Helberg will reprise his role as Howard Wallowitz for Young Sheldon in an upcoming episode. Disney Plus celebrated its second anniversary Friday. Kind of some dour news, though. They only added 2.1 million subscribers in quarter three, the lowest since the service was launched. And Bob Chapek, the uh, CEO, announced that they're gonna, there's going to be a big initiative for production. And speaking of that, they announced a new show, new animated series, X-Men 97, which will be a continuation of Fox's uh, 90s X-Men animated series, Spider-Man Freshman Year, which will be a prequel to uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Marvel Zombies, for people who loved that episode of of What If, you're getting a whole show. I'm I'm not a big Marvel Zombie fan. I, I did not like that episode that much. You think people are zombied out by now? I mean, there's so Seriously. many shows. Seriously. Um, they also gave previews of Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Willow. The Willow's hysterical because Warwick Davis is with the new cast members, and they're all giving each other a hard time. <laughs> Check it out. Um, they also announced two new Marvel spinoff series, Echo, based on a character from the forthcoming Hawkeye series, and the previously announced Agatha Harkness series has a title, House of Harkness. Uh, they also gave dates for the Cheaper by the Dozen reboot with Zach Braff and Gabrielle Union. This is the third go-around for that franchise, by the way. Disenchanted, the sequel to Enchanted, and they got all the original cast members back. Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, James Marsden, and Adina Menzel. Menzel. And, the, um, and then Hocus Pocus 2 will drop... Uh, in fall, close to Halloween, with the original trio, which is returning, and lots of other actors. I mean, just tons of good actors in that. HBO HBO Max announced that Search Party win was season five. Um, did y'all talk about Succession season four? Uh, maybe. Okay. I can't remember <laughs> that. Uh, NBC has announced that La Brea is getting a season two, and what, they're what, what question? Post- who the heck is watching La Brea and stop it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, not me, but somebody is, evidently. <laughs> um, 
NBC has announced that the coveted post-Super Super Bowl slot is going to none other than the 2022 Winter Olympics. So that's an interesting decision. Law and Order Original Recipe will return on February 24th, 2022. There's no word yet who's going to join Jeffrey Donovan, who was previously announced to be playing a cop. But um, NBC is in negotiations with as many of original cast members as possible, many of whom are now available again. <laughs> because their shows have come to a natural end. Uh, NBC will run all three Law & Orders back-to-back, so you'll get Original Recipe first, then SVU, then uh, Organized, then crime. organized crime. Wow. Netflix's, Netflix celebrated by Disney Plus Day by announcing that their market value exceeded Disney's for the first time <laughs> in a year. <laughs> so there. I feel like some salt. They, they don't a little salt. Seriously. Uh, Squ- Squid Game Season 2 has been confirmed, and Squid Game content on YouTube has amassed 17 billion views, crushing Game of Thrones, which was the previous record holder. People are just crazy. Wow. Um, yay, the ad- yay, my people! The adaptation of the Japanese manga One Piece has set the main cast, including Emily Rudd from Fear Street and Hunters and Jacob Romero Gibson from All Rise and Greenleaf. The regular Paramount Network, where Yellowstone airs, get this, their premiere hit 14.7 million viewers in Plus 3 with DVRs without streaming, which is crazy. Crazy. Yellowstone Um, is, I mean, is anybody here watching? I tried to watch it. I've seen it. I saw the first couple episodes. I did too. Exactly. That's basically what I came to. Like, I was like, oh, Yellowstone's coming back. Maybe I'll. I'll binge it and catch up. And I was so bored. I was so I'll check bored. out 1883 when it premieres next month, but, you know, whatevs. Uh, they've also ordered a Fatal Attraction series with Lizzie Kaplan as one of the she, stars. Is she going to kill somebody every week? Like, I don't what's... know if she's going to be the... If she's going to be the... She's going to be the Glenn Close role or the Ann Archer role. I still think it's a bad idea. But I was like, a series? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, seriously. They've also ordered Happy Face, which is based on a true crime podcast from Robert and Michelle King. And they also picked up uh, Star Trek Prodigy for season two. Peacock has announced that Saved by the Bell will address Dustin Diamond's death in the season premiere. And Kim Cattrall has joined the Queer as Folk reboot. She's sure as heck not joining the Sex in the City reboot. And then finally, Tobias Lindholm, who uh, who co-wrote Another Round, which I think that won the Best Foreign Film Oscar last year, has a 9-11 limited series coming out, and Jeremy Strong from Succession has been cast in the lead role. And that's the news. All right. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Succession. And Tom, why don't you lead us off? Episode 4. <laughs> Here's where things start to go sideways. Um, Kendall is basically forced to confront his, to to meet with his father or be in the same physical vicinity as his father because uh, to swage, to assuage uh, investors' uh, concerns. And then Adrian Brody summons the two of them to like this summit on an island. And it does not go well because they end up doing a lot of hiking. And uh, let's just say that the older Elder Roy has not been doing cardio like ever. (laughs) But he won't admit that he needs to stop and rest. And 
<laughs> I'm laughing because because uh, Kieran Culkin's character accuses Kindu of trying to kill Dad. <laughs> but yeah, basically, it's bad news because some of the investors are working their evil mojo behind the scenes to basically get rid of all the Roys and put in their own people to control it. So it was it was a great episode, and Brody is great. It's like, why doesn't the dude walk more? Because he got that Oscar from the pianist, and it's like he disappeared into a black hole. Well, he's done other stuff, but I, I mean, I, in fact, he's in the most recent Wes Anderson movie. He always is in a, a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> but um, he, it's, you know, I, I guess nothing as as uh, big as the pianist. You know, he did, hasn't really had a lead role like that, but he is fantastic he's in great. this. He's he plays um, this this investor who uh, he owns, like, I think it's 10% of the stock in Waystar Royco. So what he wants, he gets. And mm-hmm. what he wants is to have a sit-down with with both the warring uh, Roys and have them hash out what's going on and, and present a united front, because right now their stock is just tanking. Um, and he's in, it's interesting because he talks about how he's lost all of four percent of his of his stock value since uh, the the FBI raid, and uh, which happened in the previous week, and uh, that I think he said came to like five hundred million dollars. So when you think that you know it's just four percent is five hundred million dollars, that's it gives you an idea of his ten percent. That gives you an idea of, of how wealthy this guy is. And, you know, they meet on his island. And, yeah, there's, you, you know, you can just see the, just what's going to happen as they go tromping around this island and, and uh, you know, the, the uh, Logan just refuses to accept that he can't do this. It's too much walking. It's too much exercise. It's too much rough terrain. Too much sun. And the the inevitable happens and he ends up, you know, kind of collapsing from it. And what's interesting is that Kendall is actually really genuinely worried about his dad. And he keeps checking with him like, Dad, you want to stop now? You want to you want to wait? You want to rest? You want and Logan absolutely refuses to hear of it until he finally collapses. And of course, it's Kendall who ends up getting getting in trouble for what Mm -hmm. happens to his dad. He gets blamed, like you said. You know, you're trying to kill our father. Um, and it just it just makes everything tank even more because just at the point where they were trying to get Adrian Brody to change his mind and go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm sticking with you guys. Then, you know, Logan collapses and suddenly he's off talking to their competition. Hey, um, Allison, I have a question for you. Do you think that Brody's character did that on purpose? You know, there's a possibility because he's even though he seemed really solicitous, it also seemed like he was he was delighting in in testing Logan. Like well, he, kept you know, just, he, he kept pushing him. He, he kept saying, "Oh, it's just a little bit further, or just around the corner, or he just stick he he did that so many times. I'm like, you totally did this to you physically want to see if this guy is physically fit to run this company." Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, you're going to pull your little power play. Yeah, they are so screwed going into this I tonight's think episode. They really are. They're, they're, they are at, at I was going to say, let, let, let Peter uh, have a moment. 
No, I no no no. I agree with everything you guys are saying, and I, I felt that way too. I felt that it looked like Brody was kind of pushing either. I don't know if he necessarily planned it all along with the walk, but definitely when they're on the way back and he's like, oh, the limo should be here, the limo should be here, and he's like on the phone being like, well, we, I don't see you guys. I was like, hmm, this feels like like he, he knows that this could be bad for Logan. One thing I want to say to Al, to what Allison said is that um, one thing that I've been surprised they haven't done this season, even though I think this season's been great, is that, and it could just be me, so maybe I'm misreading. But to me, what was so brilliant about the finale, the the season two finale, was that basically they, they have to, you know, go to press and they're on that boat and Kendall talks to Logan and he's basically like, you know, was it ever going to be me? Was I ever going to be in charge? And Logan is like, you're just not a killer. I love you, son, but you're just not a killer. Which is why... When he does what he does, it's basically him showing his dad that he is a killer, which is why they show a shot of Logan sort and he's got of that smile, yeah, as sort of a smile of like game respects game. So I guess I'm sort of surprised that in this season they finally meet up and it's like they're finally there. And I was like, I kind of wanted an acknowledgement. I kind of wanted Kendall to be like, you know, you pushed me to do this. Like, I, I sort of wanted that, and it never... Or do you guys think, it's all in my head, that's not there? No, I think oh. actually it is. And in fact, there's, you know, there's there, that great scene where they're having lunch out, you know, by the uh, by the shore, you know, on, on the island. And Adrian Brody's character asks Logan, you know, what's going on with all of this. And Logan basically, I mean, you know, maybe it's just for effect, but he seems to confess to, to Brody what he will not say to his son, which is how proud he is of him. And oh, how, true. you know, right. he, he and it's like all these things that he wanted to say, but he can't say it directly to Kendall. Yeah, so guys, I they, that yeah guys, we really got to wrap this up. We've, we've been. Yeah, it I mean, it's 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 probably my favorite show on TV right now. Um, but yeah, it's great. R- really good. All right. Well, next up, we we're going to talk about uh, the rookie, which was their episode about treasure hunt. Which is weird, as if you watch nine one one, nine one one did a treasure oh, hunt episode yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was right. like, why does this seem so familiar? Yeah, I mean, well, that's, that it is. I keep I keep feeling like the 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 showrunners of the rookie and nine one one are friends because they. This is not the first time this happens. Right. It's like both shows. They copy each other. Um, having That's very magnanimous that, of you, Peter. <laughs> assuming <laughs> assuming that they're friends and they're just not stealing each other's stealing. work. Yeah, I'm going to say stealing is probably yeah. the like, thing I was thinking. Like, didn't we just see this? Um, but I thought it was a good episode. I mean, I thought I was worried that part of the episode is you have, you have an old timer cop. And I was like, wait, is this going to be that at the end, the old timer cop? that they think is like worthless. He actually wants the gold. I'm glad they didn't do that route that it's like, no, he just wants, he wants to finish the case. He wants to go out. And I was like, oh, all right, I respect that. I, but I, I was, and I will have to say that the, the he's whole like, thing... I know where the gold is. I was like, oh, is he going to like turn bad or something? No, 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 but no. I, I really like the end of watch thing that they did too. That actually yeah, got that was... me a little teary eyed, man. I don't even know yeah. that dude. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that, 
I think that's the brilliance of the show. I mean, brilliance is a little bit strong. <laughs> strength, strength of the show. There we go. I think the one of the strengths of the show is, um, I agree with you, Libya. I think that uh, that uh, scene was, uh, and the whole storyline, because there are three, actually. They usually do A, B, and C. And the other one was actually kind of a big deal because it involved Nolan's new girlfriend. And it was the, I'm not saying it was a good storyline, but... Uh, he was the the arsonist because that that's like several episodes long. That's an arc. That's like you know oh, the, yeah. who was yeah. the arsonist, you know. And then they resolved it because it was the 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 captain of the, which is actually quite common. Apparently, I learned I don't know years ago that a lot of ex or current firemen turn out to be arsonists. Uh, that's they not like, like fire. They think it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe even, you know, part of the reason why they're, you know, became firemen. So so anyway, so that was realistic. And I thought it was a, you know, an, an interesting, good uh, attempt to make us like, uh, you know, the girlfriend more and to involve her and Except give her an Except that I thought she was line. dumb. I thought she yes, was dumb. I didn't, yeah, I didn't say it was a good storyline. Didn't say it was a good storyline. <laughs> Did not did not say that it worked. Did not say that it worked. Uh, maybe, but I'm just saying they made that effort. You know, so I was just wanted to review the A, B, and C. But but for me, the the treasure hunt was fun. Whatever. And and yes, obviously it involved the retired cop. But I thought it was adorable how um, I always forget his name. But um, you know the, the tough T O. Oh no, Tim. No, that's Tim. 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 You know, they've definitely his arc. This whole this whole series has been just the softening up of Tim. You know what I mean? And um, you know, he. I just think that it's adorable because, uh, you know, they all have these journeys. They're not that, uh, you know, complex, uh, uh, complex, right? But it's still giving us something to watch. You know, and it's definitely fun to see him be really sentimental and sweet. And like you said, uh, for me, for them to get me to care about this rando dude who I've never met before. Uh, but also, it's it's a nice way to introduce Tim to possible girlfriend. So his Not daughter. Interested. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying I am, but I'm just saying, like, the show really tries. It just, it's not a procedural, it's not just cop stuff. They really are trying to give everybody, like, you know, side stories, backstories, human stories, whatever. Um, So, you know, it, I, I like it because it throws a lot at you. Not everything has to stick in an episode, you know what I mean? Um, um Just, go ahead, Peter. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, no. no we gotta, go ahead, Peter, because we got to wrap oh, this up. The only soon. quick thing I wanted to say was I did think it was a little missed opportunity that if you're going to have Nolan's girlfriend, um, is it Jessica Dewan? Is that the I actress? I have no idea. Jenna Dewan. Jenna Dewan. We saw that she kicked ass in that parking lot. So I was like, okay, she's trapped in the closet. This is just some middle aged dude. I was like, unless he's got a gun, which it didn't look like he did. I was like, okay, maybe it's going to be he sees, Nolan hears, he comes up the stairs, and she's already taken care of it because she kicks ass. But they don't do that. They make her basically a woman in peril. And I was like, but yeah. you just proved how much she kicks ass in the episode. So that was – I thought it was a missed opportunity, I thought. I don't know. Excellent point, Peter. I agree. Yeah, because I, I, was, was I was over her I hiding in the closet. I, I, I will tell yeah, you that. I did not Peter like saying. that at all. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, let's too. move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up. We're going to talk about Doctor Who, and this was Santaran Ha. They have the Santaran invasion. They invade Earth through all time periods, but we get to see them doing the Crimean War. And I was like, did we learn about the Crimean War in history class? I don't know. This must be a European thing that they learn no, about the Crimean War. Crimean War. Yeah. Uh, what? Charge of the Light Brigade. I've heard of that. 
But I think that's like part of a poem or something, right? Okay, I need well, to have Lydia words Kipling your history wrote about teacher. it. Yeah. Yes, you do, because I don't know. What you, I I had history class in the Midwest, dude. So I don't know what to tell you. So anyway, so I was like, "What?" And all the stuff they were talking about was news to me. That's all I got to tell you. Uh, but I mean, it's the Centauran. If you like the the ridiculousness of Centaurans being amazing warriors, but if you bop them in the back of their heads, they fall down immediately. Is ridiculous. Dick is just insanity. Like, I've never liked it. It was kind of silly and fun, maybe the first time they showed it. But at this point, I'm just like, really? You've got an alien invasion and people are running around with walks to not, to knock people upside the head. <laughs> and I was just like, I either A, have to find the Centaurans terrifying and scary because they've invaded, or B, find them silly and hilarious. You cannot do both. So... It was very uneven, this episode. Uh, what'd you guys think? Yeah, I was not. I was not in love with this. And in, I mean, this. You know, we were supposed to get all excited because there's this big continuing storyline that's going to encompass the entire season. And so far, we're like three episodes into this, well, and two. I don't care about. No, aren't aren't we? Well, God, no, it feels two. like about ten, but you know, <laughs> I guess. All right, two episodes into this, and and I I don't care about any of these characters, and I don't I, I mean I do know about the Crimean War, but I still didn't care about the conflict, and inserting Santarans into it doesn't make it better. And seriously, did they just can their entire special effects department and yeah. replace them with some junior high schoolers because it's just <laughs> absolutely the worst looking thing I have ever seen. I, and, I can't. And, I got nothing to complain to argue with you about. Yeah, I it's agree. It's so dreadful looking. When when they took their helmets off, I just kept thinking, "Oh, please put the helmet back." It's I was just... I was going to say they look different. They don't look like Centaurans usually look. There's something about they them look that looks bad. Different. They well, okay. they look they look like Centaurans as made by some fan for a convention. <laughs> they don't look like they're professional. Hey, young. I've seen some fans do some good stuff, that, man. That's true. Let's not let's not. And they're not going to win the masquerade with these costumes either. No, they're not. They're not. I mean, but, you know, what's really funny is that there was like a a commercial for for Doctor Who not not long after I was watching this. And they showed, um, oh, I forget the character's name, but he's part of the Paternoster gang. uh, And they did a real close-up shot of him in in the Centauran makeup that, you know, we used to see. And the difference was just so huge when you see the two of them contrasted. Uh, it's it's like I, I don't know what they did with this show, but it just it, everything. Yeah, looks... they lost they lost budget because they're they're making this on a shoestring again. I will say, let's talk well the one continuing storyline, what do you guys think of the villain? The overall season villain guy that I don't remember his the, name. The little crystal skull guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that dude. Yeah, yeah, not much. He doesn't really. I mean, other than you know, laughing maniacally, and he and, does that well. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's there's nothing else to him. He doesn't. He's just this one note villain. I've come here to take over the universe. What ha. again? And, well, um, and then he's his foreknowledge like... of the Doctor. He's like, we've met before. She's like, I haven't met you. I was like, Doctor. You've met plenty of people out of sequence before. Why are you acting like this is weird? Yeah. You know, so. I, so I hate the plus... design of the villain. It looks like they went to Michael Jackson's plastic surgeon. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's just wrong, man. Seriously, dude. 
Uh, uh, I guess Yusin and Peter, you neither one of you have seen it. No, no. I saw a little of the premiere, but I haven't seen too much uh, of Doctor Who in a long time. I'm not blaming you. All right, well, that, uh, instead of jumping on that, let's move on to the next thing. So, thumbs down so far for Doctor Who. Next up, we're Disappointing. Gonna talk, yes. Next up, we're going to talk about Law & Order, Organized Crime, and this was the finale of their eight-episode arc, since they're basically breaking up the season into to eight episode arcs so this was the wrap up for the first arc which i have to say the first arc overall has been pretty good i and now that they only thing i would say negative about this is they gave us way too many flashbacks in this episode to remind i was like we just saw this why are you flashing back i mean the point i get is that stabler's having ptsd and he's either you know, loving what it was like to be undercover or hating. I'm not entirely sure which thing they were trying to convey, uh, but they had a lot of flashbacks. But I did overall like this first arc, and overall I'd say I like this finale. Uh, Yusuf, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I liked it a lot because I think it sidestepped or put a, a few things, on, you know, I mean, they didn't, like, completely reinvent the wheel or anything like that, but there were... I thought that the, um, I agree. The flashback thing was ridiculous. They did it twice. They I did know, it, and I like, was like, we just saw it, this. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, I literally, as I was watching it, I thought, oh, filler. They ran out. You know what I mean? They like, and no, I said that's, this that's to not, you. That's not usually, what, literally, it's no, some, no, no. some producer is like, this is a great idea. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Because remember last week, because you and I are the only ones to watch it, and we agreed on this. Uh, the penultimate episode was too thick. It was too heavy. I think they should have divided, you know, the two episodes more evenly, and they could have thrown out that last 30-second, 50-minute, you know, flashback. It felt so long, and I thought, what is happening? And, you know, it almost felt like a movie where they, like, show the stuff, like, you know, over credits or something. It was really extraneous. So I stand by... Uh, my my statement that I get what they were doing and I get why they did it and they liked it, a producer, whatever, but I really do believe it was filler because, or they could have avoided that by simply giving us a little bit less in, in seven and putting it into eight and then it would have been very even. That yeah, being but said, I, I think they were really trying to convey that either Stabler has PTSD or sure. that he really misses being a gangster. I think yeah, that I was really the point. I, I don't disagree, but I, 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 I still truly believe that it was filler because they just tacked it on at the end. And I thought whatever they did, it wasn't like they were subtle about it in the middle of the episode either. So it wasn't like, oh, we really need to ram this home. I, I, I just like I said, I, disagree. Not, it wasn't, it, I can tell you it wasn't filler because they shot an entire sequence for the coverage of it, which is him laying yes. in bed listlessly. No but, that, but that, no, but that's what I'm saying is that they shot it because they needed Look, we don't have to go over it because this is the smallest part of the episode. Do you know what I mean? But, like, just because they shot scenes around it doesn't mean it's not filler. That's literally the definition. They needed more scenes. So they were like, let's give him another, you know, nightmare thingy, and then we'll shoot a bunch of scenes around it. That's literally my definition of filler. But any, that not that would notwithstanding. Yeah, anyway, uh, I, I disagree on that, really, but go ahead. I really 
I, I mean, I feel very strongly about it, but I don't care. It, like I said, it's the smallest part of the, the smallest. It didn't ruin. The reason I'm harping on it is because you mentioned it, and I agree with you. And yet, as much as I feel much more strongly about it, I thought the finale was so, not so strong, but strong enough to, like, I didn't care. It didn't take away. Yeah, it was a good episode, finale. You know? it, it really was. Yeah, it was, it was, it wrapped it was everything up in a really good way, and I really liked how he negotiated the surrender of Alvi. Like, that was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That was my that was my point, which is that I really liked that they set that all up. I mean, for people who've watched the series, none of you guys have, they established that uh, Stabler and Albie had gotten sort of this, uh, uh, not conspiratorial, but this respect and, and whatever of silence, you know, because he had hid the fact that he was gay uh, and from everybody, including his wife. Now, I found it really interesting because I was never sure if she realized that he was gay and they I were think, like- I think like, she knew. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Again, I, you know, for me, I thought so too, the entire series. But I think that uh, in the end, uh, I it made it made it a little bit more ambiguous, which I liked. But, and I, that, yeah, I think it didn't matter because even though he was gay, he still loved her more correct. than the random dudes he was he was each other yeah yeah they their yeah, they love for each other like surpassed the fact that he'd rather be with dudes um yeah, but so, yeah so, and and the thing is they that's what i mean narratively they did a really nice job they set that up way in advance right and they even that kernel of you know it's the callback where she even said to him in case you were not paying attention she says to him in the in the like one of her very last lines is she you saved my life so let me say, now yeah. let me say yeah that was great you know what i mean and i found yeah i thought that was beautiful and you know so with all of this like a stereotypical you know mafia stuff and the this and the that there really wasn't that much you know going on that was even remotely a surprise so to anchor it in this relationship that wasn't even that was a platonic love you know what i mean so that was right. a little bit of a twist it wasn't this you know you know star cross lovers and you know together for 25 and, and years also we... but but also what i liked is one they weren't a young star cross love they were very much an old they've been married forever and no, that that's, was my... yeah yeah but they started when they were so young and that we get this at the end of their, you know, everything, you know what I mean? So like, that's also something that people shows tend to shy away from older people. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like that kind of, you know, devoted love and this and that. So yeah, no, I agree with everything that you're saying. I don't even know. I can't even tell if I like the, the season, the series ender even more than you, but I thought it was very strong. Um, you know, it, it, like I said, you take something that we've all seen before, but you give us the charisma of your lead actor you put a little few twists in there and then you give us heart i mean that's kind of all we can ask for a show right i mean yeah it's not like the best on the on the on tv and it's nothing new but i i found it highly watchable and i thought the ending absolutely uh did a great job of wrapping everything up like you said so yeah i'm very excited uh and also he shaved the beard he shaved finally the beard. I, yeah, that beer was yeah. getting crazy but yeah i'm I glad of you actually and, <laughs> and it was funny because when they did it when he did it and he looked in the mirror, I, I was like, oh, right, you're actually hot. I was like, I'm not. <laughs> that's <laughs> I was like, funny. All and right. I really we, was like, oh, that's right. We need so. to move on. We need to move on. So we're saying thumbs up for that. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Legacies. And this was the episode. I don't remember what number episode it is. But it's the episode where uh, they're basically turning Legacies into Vampire Diaries which I'm mixed on. Uh, I was always critical of Legacies 
being, you know, pulling their punches and no one ever dies and no one ever does anything bad. And then you get to this episode and they kind of still do that. But they went a little further than they normally would have done. At least the plot was moving and it wasn't. It wasn't Hope's pity party for Landon. Blah, yeah, blah blah. blah. I know yeah. her. Her without her Points humanity switch is way more interesting. I will say that. Um, but... And she is her father's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I mean, but they brought so many elements from like the originals and Vampire Diaries into this episode. It made me excited yet tired at the same. Like I, I was like, is this great or horrible that they're basically ripping themselves off? But they're making the show feel like it has more texture and has more consequences because legacies has always felt like the teenage version, which I was fine with for the first couple of seasons. Uh, but then that started to get a little old. And now that they're basically maturing the show up, I'm, I'm going to say for right now, I'm cautiously optimistic. How about that? Uh, what'd you think? They had to do something because what, here's my question. Last week's episode, or two episodes ago, really felt like the the real season finale, and this felt like a real season premiere, because yes, it, it was like Vampire Diaries in that they were burning through plot and stuff was happening, right? Instead of the whole blah blah blah, nobody cares. And, are you um, asking if these episodes, the, the first four, were left over from last season? It felt like they were. Yeah, that's probably true. Not only that, but um, um, oh, the uh, the African witch. Yeah, I know she's Chloe. Chloe. Cleo. 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 Cleo is in the primary cast now. She was not listed as a guest star, which made me think, oh, this is actually the season premiere. Yeah, because we did that twice. Uh, season two into three, the last four episodes of season two became the first four episodes of season three. So it makes sense that that's what happened here. So I'm loving that there, you know, Vampire Diaries used to burn through plot at a reckless pace, and originals need some of that mojo. And of course, it was great to have Claire Holt back as Rebecca. Yay! Yeah. Don't know what uh, don't know what it is. I just love that actor and the character together. Just you know. Well, and, um, and, and I like. I, I really like that they brought the daggers back, and we established that you can't dagger her, and all of that stuff was good. That was great. I, I think we were all waiting for it. Anyone who's a true fan of, you know, I mean, you can start a show without seeing the, the previous ones. You know, you can, I, I, you know, I, I know some people who just started with legacies, um, uh, you know, so you can do it. And I, I think the show tried to make it so, you know, but for I don't know how many seasons we have all been waiting for, you know, someone from the originals to like show up. I think Freya, right? There was a yeah, there was Freya a, was back two episodes ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. They, they met in a bar. Um, so you know, so they gave us a little taste at one point. You know what I mean? But uh, I really, really, really uh, like like Tom said. Uh, I I really liked uh, that she came back. And the only thing I will add to what Tom said was, I hope they she keep they keep her for at least a few episodes. You know what I mean? At least for an arc. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like a three-story arc, you know, something. I think that would also make things interesting. I really can't add. Except anymore. that I, I will say that I don't think Rebecca's going to show up because she threatens her. Pope threatens her and says, "If my dad would dagger you, 
if you interfere, she's like, what do you think I'll do to you if you interfere? So I got oh, the impression. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I agree with everything you're saying, including the, 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 the kind of, you know, dichotomy of like, it's better. It's worse. Is it better? Is it worse? I don't know. Like that to me, I agree. So I agree with you. I'm not saying she will stay on the show or that it seems like she's going to stay on the show. This is just, you know, hopeful thinking. Wishes. I, I, right, right, right. I would love you know what I mean? So, but you know, you all can talk about the rest of it because I've really been off of this show for a long time for at least, I don't know, five, six, seven episodes. Uh, it feels like maybe possibly the whole season, but I don't think I'm saying anything that you guys haven't said. However, I will say this. Um, I, I really, they've thrown down the gauntlet for me. I'd really like to see how they're going to make this interesting because we have seen the humanity switch done. You know what I mean? A like, lot. So, You've seen it done a lot. Too much. You know, and so I just I'm I'm willing to give him a little bit of rope, you know what I mean? But like I I don't know, you know. So you know, you guys can keep talking about it because I'm sure I'll agree with everything you guys say. Tom, Allison, Allison. Um, um, no, I mean you you pretty much said everything about it that I, that I was going to say. I mean I I did enjoy the episode because I think that they they handled the emotional part well. Yeah. The you know. Between, oh my God, Alaric. The, Alaric, yeah, yeah. I mean, Alaric is is. I mean, I I was actually thinking, you boy, you guys nailed it the week before when you said he's going to die, and I was expecting him, uh, as his brain was shutting down, that he would be dead by the end of the episode. So apparently, that's not going to happen. Because but he's his, brain dead, but in a coma. I'm like, guys, coma, kill him or not? Like, like, come on, this dude has not. died so many times. That's yeah. also so true. Yeah, now, that is so true. Him, if they meant to kill him, he would have died completely. But they're keeping yeah. the body alive because obviously Hope has to come back at some point and and undo the damage that she, she did. did. So she you know, did that. Yeah. So I I mean I I know that that's ultimately where it's going to go. So you know I I stopped worrying about it at that point. But uh, it still it was beautifully done, and I think the actors handled the the scenes between them really wonderfully. I felt you know in really invested in it and and so i i really enjoyed the episode on on that basis and they've they've clearly used this to introduce a new big bad whoever it is who's hunting hope you know who we're going to find out about um so and and all together like you said i i like the sense that we are finally moving on from the 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 malivore show and also the also the high schoolness of it too i feel like because the characters, the the the, the actors rather, are aging out. Right. It can't be in high school forever. Right. So I like that we're we're kind of graduating from high school, and now we're into Vampire Diaries, kind of. Yeah. This ain't Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> they all stay in, in high school forever. All right. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Supergirl series finale. And Tom, take it away. I just want to give a shout out to the series finale. I. I, I liked the first the CBS year was terrific. Uh, the first CW years were okay. And then season four, somebody decided they should be relevant, which does not work for Supergirl. Nope. And that's, and that's season four. I hate watched and season five and six. I didn't watch, but I came back for the finale and they, you know, I care not about the season long arc. They did where Lex teams up with some other, female imp from Mr. Mixia's Pitalix dimension, blah, blah, who cares? But the actual finale, once they dispatch of Lex and what's her, Nevixium or whatever her, whatever her name is, 
the the part two of the finale focused on Alex and Kelly's wedding. And more important, they got like almost all the original crew back. Jeremy Jordan came back. Um, oh, what kind of thing was name? Uh, oh, Calista Flockhart was the big get. Although suspiciously, I'm sure her shot, her stuff was shot on a green screen in L.A. <laughs> but Chris Chris Wood, of course, came back because in real life he's Melissa Benoist's husband and baby daddy. But it was a good series finale, and the kind of twist they gave for the ending was that she goes public with her secret identity. And surprise, surprise, Kat had figured it out. Duh. Yeah, Kat figured it out in season one. Yeah, but but Kira didn't realize that evidently, even though the audience did. Who's Kira? Do we know? I don't know. That that was her pet name for Kara. She always mispronounces her name. Oh, Oh, right. Right, yeah. But the, the, the last scene of the show was Cat Grant's exclusive story that the editor-in-chief of Catco was none other than Supergirl. So I'll be interested to see if that has any ramifications for Superman and Lois, or they're just going to pretend that they don't exist in the same Earth, even though they do. But no, it was it was. I'm glad that they at least stuck the landing, and if they had written the show consistently well, the whole series, people wouldn't have bailed. I mean... Yeah. I you know I had, I am a little curious about the finale. Um, I'm glad you liked it. I thought season four was their best season. So it was their worst season, yeah, dude. Actually, critically, a lot of people liked. See, I know you guys on this podcast don't like it, but no, a lot of people usually think season four is the best season. I because, don't because of what Tom want... doesn't like. I mean, it's it's making the show relevant is what I think makes the show so good. Obviously, we could talk about that forever. We we don't have time. I'm just saying, <laughs> criti- it's Supergirl, not Black Lightning. Criti- critically, that's the season that people really like. But anyways, I bailed too. But I was kind of curious about the last episode, so I'm glad. It sounds like you liked it. So it sounds like they stuck the landing. So that's good. They they stuck the landing. And if you go to TV Line, they had people vote on the finale, and the majority of, at least the plurality of viewers, gave it an A. So. Yay. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Lock and Key. Uh, and we're going to talk about episode seven and eight of Best Laid Plans. And in episode seven, Best Laid Plans, everything goes horribly wrong. Uh, as I pointed out last week, when I said the fact that once they figure out that Gabe is actually Dodge, and then they invite Dodge over for, they're like, come over tomorrow. And I was like, you're going to take six hours to come up with a plan to defeat Dodge and Dodge is a demon that can't be killed. I was like, your plan's going to be horrible. Like whatever you come up with overnight is not going to be a good plan. And I was correct. Their plan sucked. It wasn't, it was a plan, but it assumed that he wasn't going to have a counter plan, which he did. So yeah. Yeah. They're, They're not really good with strategy. No, well, they are they are teenagers and 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 a ten year old kid. Their uncle though is an is an adult, so he should have been like, "Hey guys, instead of inviting him over for tomorrow, let's take a moment, take a breath," because they still had they had just come from the funeral from the woman that got killed, and they had to bury her secretly and hide the body and lie and stuff about it. So they had just done that, and then to come up with a plan to feed an undefeatable demon. Seems like a lot to do in an evening. So I was like, first of all, she come up because they invited him over before they came up with the plan. They were like, we have tonight to come up with the plan. I was like, no, 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 no. You come up with the plan <laughs> first, 
and then you invite him over. So, yeah, the plan went way off the rails very quickly, and two of them ended up being taken hostage at the end of it. And I was like, you guys suck! Uh, but no, but it was actually good. I mean, yes, I predicted that their plan wasn't going to work. Also, by the name of the episode, you could tell their plan wasn't going to work. Uh, but, <laughs> Best laid plans yeah, of right mice there. and men? Yes. Yeah. And I felt like they, at least the writers of the show was like, yeah, they're going to come up with a plan and we're going to let you know ahead of time how horrible it's going to be. Uh, but yeah, the episode itself was still tense. I will give them that. Uh, what do you guys think? Oh, I I love the show. I, it's been so long since I binged the whole second season. But no, they're, they're, they need some help with strategy. Because inviting your enemy over before you have a workable plan, it's just, I mean, they are kids. So you have to give them some, you have to give them that. Make yeah, but the uncle's not a kid. But, but, but Duncan, now that Duncan's got his memory back and is not cray cray, Hopefully he could plan better than them, but evidently yeah, not. Yeah, not so much. He's letting he's still letting them kind of lead. Came out of it. Yeah, he did just come I, out of it, I, but he's letting them take the lead. When I'm like, dude, you're the adult. Be an dude. adult. Yeah, but he just he was just he was just keyed into all of this. See what I did there? Uh, um, wink, wink. Waka, that was terrible. Uh, he, he was just, um, I'll be here all week. Um, he, uh, he, he, I, I, that actually I thought was believable. I, look, it, to, to, to kind of uh, speak to what Peter was asking is it is based around kids. You know what I mean? So there is that sort of Jumanji slash Goonies, but, you know, injected with, you know, some more, you know, darkness and whatever, you know, it's sort of to me like Jumanji meets, you know, uh, Hunger Games, you know what I mean? So there's, there's definitely that like childlike, lots of childlike stuff, you know, whatever that, whatever that all that is. Um, and then the stakes are higher, you know, the mystery is better. There's magic, you know, uh, not that YA doesn't have magic, but my point is, um, if it were a different show or it was based around adults, I would have actually really kind of been super disappointed with the episode, you know what I mean? And been like, this is just lazy writing. But first of all, it's based on source material, so I don't know if this was lifted straight from the source material. But secondly, it is about kids, you know? And I'm the one here defending the uncle, which is, I mean, it was so disorienting, and he has just been revealed this whole big, huge thing. So I imagine that he's not also going to, like, know everything and figure out the best way to kind of, you know, so for me, it was all fine. It, to, to me, be, it wasn't yeah, I, my I, favorite episode. I will say, to be fair, he went from being a, a, a like a 12 or 13 year old kid, having his memory wiped yeah. from that point exactly. to being an adult. Exactly. And then once he's an adult, he finally gets all his memories and it is hard to kind of connect all that stuff together. I will, give, I will give you, you that. I, mean? I will give you that. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't mind it for that reason. And also, like I said, you know, the, the show in and of itself, but the, the you know, they, they're kids you know teenagers and and whatever so all of that was fine uh i'll just jump into eight because uh you know i will say this just like all y'all or most of us um i think the biggest compliment i can give is that i don't remember many of the episodes because we like all like many of us we binged it and that speaks to the the linking of each episode you know it, they're all paced really well they, i think most of them end in cliffhangers which isn't 
a big surprise now that there's so many shows being streamed and so many people are expected to binge or will be binging. So they kind of know what they're doing. But for me, a lot of the episodes run together uh, because it's just one big, long, you know, movie. You know, they, they do a really great job. So for eight, it was memorable because, as you know, I like me some, you know, flashbacks or, or you know, pre yeah. stuff. So I thought it was really interesting. Eight dealt with uh, very much how the it origin. all began. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the origin only thing story. I will so point I, out of this origin story is after yeah. I finished watching the origin story, I was like, there's no reason that the locks should be the only ones, not the only ones who could use the key because the keys were made by locks, but they're not the yeah. only ones who should be able to make a key. Anyone other than a demon should be able to make based on the rules that they establish in the premiere. I was like, so I could make it. No, key. no, no, no. Because, Oh, well, okay. Well, I don't know about the rules in the premiere. That was so long ago. But no. Their ancestor in the cemetery, he specifically says, yeah, you yeah. Have to have but I know, but you don't. When you, when we see the first lock make a key and they figure yeah. it out, it, yeah, it only, the only reason that only locks can use it is because it's locked blood. But if I were to do what the first guy did, I could totally make a key. Like when they break down the rules, I was like, wait, anybody can make a key, just not a demon. Like a demon can't make one. But that's part of also why Dodge couldn't do it. But any kid who hasn't grown up past whatever magic rules apply, right. any one right. of those kids could have made a key because all it requires is the you need that whispering iron and it has to talk to you. So the whispering iron has to talk to you. You have to well, make a blood sign. But, but no, but, it's but not just know. the locks that the whispering. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, doesn't doesn't the stuff only whisper to the lock kids, or can everybody hear the whisper? Yeah, I, I think, think the one thing that they really established in that in yeah. that ep- in that episode is that the locks come from like a long history of metal workers. Yeah. They're, they're all like iron workers, metal workers. Yeah, and so I think that that's supposed to, to be key. key. Exactly. Oh no, um, you didn't do that. Why, yeah, I did. I went through. Waka waka waka. Um, yeah, and I'll be here all week too. Tip, tip your waitress. Um, so anyway, the, but I think that that's supposed to be a vital element to why. They I don't are think the they ones... made that. They did not make that clear when when it, I was I because I, I watched it. I watched it last night. That's what I got. That's yeah, when I, I watched it last night, it did not seem that clear. But yes, they are metal workers. But. Anyway, overall, we need to move on. I did like both episodes overall, and I did like the flashback and finding out how all this started. And also the boyfriend guy that the mom is dating is apparently, I still don't like him and is possibly a terrible person. I, I like, I don't know what's going on with his story and I don't want, yeah, I know we got two more episodes. I don't think it's going to turn out well for him. Um, and I don't think he's going to have been a good guy. That's my prediction at this point. But let's move on. Uh, Keep watching. Next up, uh, we're going to talk about episode nine of Foundation, and it's called The First Crisis. And this episode has two big things, two storylines, A and B story. A story is with uh, Salva Hardin. She just jumps out. The the big ship that they've been on makes a jump, and it takes them to Terminus. And she figures out that the, what is that? thing called it basically has knocked out everybody on the entire planet i forgot what that thing's called mm, oh the, the triangle uh, yeah i know i forgot yeah. you know it's a simple name uh so you have that story of her coming down to the planet everybody's knocked out and she has to figure out how to wake everybody up and how to activate it but you also then have your other story with uh dawn 
who gets somewhat predictably caught in a honey trap with this woman and he escapes Empire because he thinks they're going to kill him, which he's not entirely wrong on that because uh, they basically discover that he he's colorblind. And so he runs for it, goes with his supposed girlfriend. And basically this episode explains why I've never liked them as a couple, because I always felt like their chemistry was off. I didn't. I didn't buy her being into him as much. I bought him being into her, but I never bought her being into him because of the power dynamics. I just thought it was weird and I didn't believe in it the whole time. And then when you get to this episode and he runs to her and she shows, she's like, oh, welcome. And then she brings out a gun and tries to kill him. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like that's when it finally like clicked to me that this storyline made sense. But and it's the payoff, and I guess overall the end payoff is good, but I did feel like why did we have to go through so many episodes of them being a faux couple that I didn't buy? And Peter, I want to ask you this because you always bought their relationship, and I never understood it. So what did you think of when this, this whole thing got revealed? I mean... uh Wait, you never bought the relationship. So wait, you I thought you just didn't like the more teen, teen clone. I just I I don't think well, it was it's not just the him, him being a teen clone. Like, I just don't like the storyline. I didn't like the storyline because I'd never bought them as a couple. I didn't believe it. The power dynamic was so weird. He could have yeah, her killed at any moment. So I just I didn't believe them as a couple. I didn't believe she was in love with him. I thought he was maybe infatuated with her cuz he'd never really been around a girl like that. Like but so I didn't but like I felt like the show wanted me to buy into them being this young Romeo and Juliet couple, and I never bought it. Well, I mean, I guess no. I that that worked with me. I bought. If anything, I think the tricky part is, I think the actress who plays basically the spy or whatever. I think that actress does a better job being nice than mean. So when she has to do the turn. I was like, wow, she's so one-dimensional now. Like, I, so I, no, I, I was, I thought that all worked. I mean, I guess in my mind, I did think a little when she's like, oh, here's this plan. You, you know, take, take this left and it'll take you there. I was like, well, that's very specific. Like, <laughs> like this might be a trap. Like, uh, but no, I mean, but in the earlier episodes when she's on the ledge and it's like, he's like, you should wear my shield. Like, no. And they get, I was like, no. I understand your teen romance thing you don't like, but no, well, I just, like teen romances general, that work. I believe they liked each other. I, I, I like teen. I'd like to point out. I do watch some teen shows and I like teen romances that I believe. I just never believe these two. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. I mean, that stuff worked for me. That stuff worked with me. Um, but, uh, well, let's talk, let, uh, oh, Yusin, let's talk about the other story, which is the Salva Harden story. I just want to say one more thing because, uh, about the couple thingy, I know we've kind of beat it to a pulp, but, uh, but I am, I, I'm more in the middle. I'm a little bit, it's more nuanced for me because I, I don't, I don't believe I, Libby and I didn't like the relationship, but it isn't because I didn't believe it. I know what the show was trying to do. It was very unoriginal. You know what I mean? The whole honeypot thing. And from very early on, not right from the beginning, but at some point relatively early, I I knew that she wasn't legit. You know what I mean? So when you say, it's interesting that you say, Libya, um, I just didn't buy their romance. Well, maybe, you know, I, I think it was the fault of the acting and maybe possibly even the writing, but that, but we're, 
but really, subconsciously, we're not supposed to buy it because she is not legitimately. No, I think we are supposed to buy it so that the twist hurts. No, yes, I no, no, I get that. But what I'm saying is, uh, see, that's what I mean by this argument is kind of nuanced. I didn't have a problem with what you're saying because I, I didn't buy it to begin with. I didn't buy their romance in the way you're saying you didn't buy it. I was like, oh, I see this twist coming a mile away. So that's what I meant by my reaction is a little bit different, which is why I had less of a problem with that, if that makes sense, because it had, the twist had already been, was not a twist for me. So I wasn't like super disappointed or was like, well, I wasn't invested anyway, like in the way that you were. However, I... I thought by the end, um, and Peter, I, I'm spot on with you. I agree that the that her her sweetness was, you, you know, again, even though I knew where it was going, I thought, oh, okay, you know, she's she's convincing enough as being like in love with him or whatever. Um, but but she wasn't good mean, you know what I mean? So so it it kind of was overall lacking. But um, I really liked. I thought it was really. Um, I don't know, tense and evil and whatever. The the guy that we I've had a problem with all along in his acting, when he was acting against himself, you know, evil twin stuff, you know, and he was kind of being clued into all of that stuff. I thought that was actually really good. I thought I, you know, I will it, say yes. I believe like his shock when he yes, well, when he figures yes, out he's betrayed yes, and then he yes. has to deal with the evil version of himself yes, and all of that. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was great. I thought that was, you know, that allowed him to kind of, you know, say, oh, yeah, this guy can act. So anyway, so I, I thought that they brought it back. And again, it wasn't that disappointing to me because but, but, I had, but, I smelled that coming. So but anyway, let's talk about the Harding storyline real quick. So the big issue that, or not issue, the big point of this episode actually had nothing to do with the clone thing. The big twist of this episode was really with the Salva Harding when she finds everybody knocked out and she activates that cube, the mathematical cube that Harry Seldon had at the very beginning. She figures out a way to open it and she has like a flash of herself having a memory. And then when she finally opens it, it activates the big triangle arc thing that I'm blanking on what the heck they were calling it the whole time. Um, and it just like the black cover of it goes away and becomes this crystalline thing that resembles the, the octagon. It's not an octagon, whatever that shape is. Uh, and the big twist is Harry freaking comes out of it, out of the doorway. And everybody's like, wait, what? And he was like, ah, you guys are all here. Great. We have a lot of planning to do. And it cuts to black. And I was like, son of a, like that was a great twist. Like that was really, really good because, and, and, and also we finally got rid of the Huntress who is so tiresome. Um, she tries to kill everybody again in this episode and her own people finally turn against her because they're like, look, you're a little extra. You need to calm down. And uh, Salva finally just shoots her in the neck with an arrow because she was trying to destroy the big triangle thingy. Um, so yeah, I thought that, that was, and that was the end cut to credits moment when Harry returns and you're like, well, wait, because well, we know about the AI Harry that's on the ship. So we're like, who the heck is this guy? You know? So that was a really cool, cool moment. And also because Salva this whole time has been like, Harry's been talking to me. He's been sending me on these missions. He's been putting stuff in my head and he's the reason that I know how to do all this stuff. So her, the look of awe on her face when he shows up was great. That was a really good moment. 
Uh, what'd you guys think? Yeah, I think after the, the, the just absolute, you know, Emmy Award winning performances in the episode before, uh, this was a good uh, switch, you know, to the more army stuff, you know, to the more action, whatever. And yes, there actually wasn't any action oh. stuff, that much action stuff in this well, episode. Well, no, I meant, I meant the, I meant the action. I didn't mean that there was action, actual action. I meant like the stuff on the ground, the grounding, you know, the more physical army stuff with the Huntress and, and everything is what I'm saying. They wrapped it up. You know, they went, they were, they were fighting. There was like a, a whole no, thing. No, there wasn't anyway, actually the, in this one. No, I mean, I, I miss speaking. I meant that they were on the ground and they all had guns drawn. I'm yes, watching it was, it right it was a very tense moment. Everybody yeah, was, there was I a mean, lot of aiming of guns, but no actual yeah, gunplay. Correct. That's I misspoke. I don't mean physical action, but it was where the action was at. Like yes, that's yes. In, in terms of like the series. That's like the physical yeah, it was very army tense. The battle. It was very stuff. tense. So, yes. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. They brought it back to us. But you know, they they're doing. They've got a lot of storylines they have to cover. You know what I mean? Uh, so th- I'm saying they brought us back to that. You know what I mean? Um, which was great because we needed that resolution of the huntress being. You know, look. The, when you talk about the tenseness. I, I'm talking about how the, there's a resolution because not not just kill, in killing the huntress and her people turning against her, it's the beginning of those three coming together now. Like all the all the all the worlds all are going to like come are together, together. Right, you know, all right. the factions are coming together. That's huge. You know what I mean? Um, so so that resolution and that storyline or whatever, you know, obviously we know where we're going now with that. You know, they've they've been all you know unified, uh, and then of course the big 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 drop. Uh, you know, of Harry kind of coming back. So I, my point is that the the show is doing, especially towards the second half, the back half. Um, I thought I thought it's it's really just going, going. You know, resolution and and dropping bombs and you know all of this stuff. So there's a lot to be invested, and and the it's paying off is what I'm saying. We're barreling towards the very end, the last episode. So they're doing a really good job. The train is continuing to pick up speed, and we're you know re- they're resolving a bunch of things and uh, you know that kind of stuff. So for me, it's 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 not necessarily as strong as last week's, but it's just continuing the train. You know what I mean? Like it's it's doing what it needs I to think do. The and Salva stuff was stronger this week than last yes, week. Yes, yes, absolutely. But that's what I mean. It's sort of that's what I'm saying as a pair together. You know what I mean? Last week's was the heavy, heavy, you know, Emmy real, you know, submission kind of stuff with the heavy lifting of the acting and the smaller scenes. And this one, I agree with you is more salvo. It's stronger because they, they have the resolution on that story side. So they can't do both. They could do both in each episode. But my point is I liked how they balanced it. One. That's episode true. The stuff with the emperor doing the spiral. Yeah. That's their submission reel. You're right. Yes. That yeah. is a hundred percent Emmy submission right there. So, but that's what I mean. So that was very small work and detailed and slow. And then this was more not action set pieces where people are actually firing their guns, but they had their guns drawn at, on each other. Um, and so that's what I mean by like, I like that they were able to balance that uh, well, and just bring yeah. it towards the end. Yeah. Let's wrap that one up. Let's move on. Uh, so thumbs up for episode nine. I can't wait for the finale. Next up, we're going to talk about arcane episodes one through three. And I know they've dropped six at this point, but we never got to talk about the first three, so we're going to do that now. Because um, we're, we relate to, I, I, some of us relate to the game. All right, so starting up, uh, the main thing about this, it's, it's an animated series based on a video game, which Peter, who's played the video game, said it's nothing like the show. Because I was like, oh my God, Peter, how could you not tell me this video game existed? And he's like, yeah, it's nothing like this. Uh, but the show is based on that material, 
but they have a completely different art style, and the art style is amazing on this show. It's such a gorgeous-looking show, and I really appreciated the arc of showing these two kids that, you know, are start off in this bottom-dwelling kind of area, and they are treated like second-class citizens, and they go on this heist and all of that stuff, but just seeing the relationship between the two sisters and the guy that basically is raising them, and then you see... The other side, which is the really rich people, you see how their lives are going. And it was a nice contrast to see all of that and, and get the world building down. The world building was great. I'm going to let somebody else talk. Tom, you want to give? Or... Okay. No, wait. Can, wait. Can I just jump in first? Because I didn't watch the third and I want to silence and mute so that I don't get, you know, spoiled. So I'll just say my, because I only have a little bit to say and then I'll jump off. Um, because I, I want to say this and you guys can all jump on me, but I, you know, I don't know the game and, and, uh, it reminded me a little bit of, and I've never read the book, so I don't know anything about anything, but it reminded me of mortal engines, which is some like random movie I saw like a few years ago. It's nothing uh, like mortal engines. I, okay, I knew books. you were going to say that. And I've seen the movie. Have the same steampunk look. To yeah, it, that's all that's I meant. That's all I meant. Because oh, okay. I don't, like I said, I didn't read the, you know, books. I don't know anything about this. So that's, I said I was just going to get in and out. So all I was going to say was, because for me, uh, I think a lot happens in the third episode, and I'll let you guys hash that out. I'm super excited to see it. Um, and like you said, the world building was great. Uh, so, you know, the the visuals uh, were amazing, but I really like the atmosphere of it. You know, uh, sometimes I feel like with animation, it's sort of hard to really convey light you know what I mean? Like, you know, because you're not lighting a scene, you know, you're not lighting a whatever, you know, so to kind of give you like the brightness of the top side world and the darkness of sounds obvious because you're like, well, you have even more control. You're animating it, you know, but to make it really atmospheric for me to kind of feel it versus just vision, see, oh, it's look, it's dark. I'm looking at a dark space, you know, uh, 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 um, you know, animated. Oh, look at this. It's really bright. So ironically, counter counterintuitively, you would think that it would be easier to do light and dark but i don't mean literally i mean like really me being able to feel it so not only was it visually beautiful stunning animation i felt like the atmospheric kind of presentation was it really drew me in so i thought that was great and anything that has steampunk in it uh you know is going to be fun uh and magic and all of that stuff you know they talk about mages and this and that so i don't know what happens you, you guys will talk about the whole thing and the arc and the journey but i am absolutely uh, uh, I was riveted pretty much from the get-go. Uh, it definitely drew me in, and it's beautiful to look at. And uh, no, nobody's annoying yet, or no one's annoying. And they're all, you know, the, it's based around four kids, you know? So I really was like, oh, God, is this going to suffer from the, like, do I really have to watch these kids be super annoying? Um, I, I thought I found that they were all very kind of believable in their little roles, you know, the muscle and the rebel and the shy one, and the, you know what I mean? So, uh, and H Haley Stein Steinfeld, is that her name? Um I thought she was great. Uh, I didn't recognize her at first. Uh, I, I'm a little iffy on her in real in the real world, um, you know, give or take some roles. But I thought she was really great as as overall, all the voice acting, all of it. And lastly, I want to say I was very surprised. The lead guy who I really like, uh, Jace or Jace, whatever, I don't know what his name is, character. He's voiced by, I don't know if you guys know this. I don't really watch, but I started watching Lucifer. And he's like the annoying sidekick cop he's like the ex-husband yeah i know oh, his ex-husband dan yeah, Kevin Alejandro. 
Yes, and I do not like him on the show, and I didn't think he's that good of an actor. I think he's doing an amazing job, and he's he's playing to you know younger age. You know, what I mean? he's not quite a teenager, but so I thought his performance is really strong. So I'm very excited to see it, especially because all y'all and the internet and everybody else says this series is amazing. So I'll let you guys talk details. Uh, who wants to go next? I, I mean, I'll go. I was um, as a person who who's probably the biggest gamer on, on this, although Libya plays a lot of games. Um, League of Legends is a MOBA, which is essentially, it's kind of like, a, it's essentially like an old school isometric game. It's top down. You can usually play other people online. It's one of the most popular games like out there. Um, what it is not though, it is unlike the, uh, HBO's upcoming The Last of Us, it is not a game in a third-person point, you know, in a, in a uh, 3D world where you're following a story like Tomb Raider or Last of Us, and you have these ca colorful characters and you have a world. That's not the game. It, I mean, for lack of a better word, League of Legends is more game than it is video of the word video game, whereas the more, most of the things we see translated like Tomb Raider or coming Last of Us. They have a story. Video. They have a lot of, they have a lot of movie or comic book influences league of legends is not that um kind of like diablo 3 well tell like, us about your tell us about instead of so, breaking down the game talk about the so episode to so to me i was kind of like eh, what well, league of legends but a lot of sites i go to were like oh my god this thing's really amazing and i was like well i always want to see a good adaptation of a video game um and yeah i love it what's weird about it is that it's called arcane and Arcane is also a studio, although it's spelled differently, that has done a lot of steampunk world video games. And it's funny to me that it feels more like that than the game. But, the yeah, the show, it looks like, like Fear Street, Netflix is basically doing this over three weeks. You basically get two hours each week, each Friday. Uh, for Fear Street, they were like two-hour movies. For this, it's 40-minute, like, episodes. But it's essentially the same amount of time. Um from what I've heard, the first three episodes are essentially a prequel to the game and to the story proper. Um, we ha we meet, uh, is it Violet? We meet Vi and uh, Powder, Powder, two girls who live in, in sort of like the underworld. There's Piltafor, which is like obviously like cool high society on top. And then I think it's, is it just called the underworld? or they, had, they It's have called Zahn. Zahn. And... Um, these kids are kind of raised by this guy who runs a bar. One day the kids go out and they're like, hey, let's go like steal some stuff. Yeah, I mean, stuff. you don't have to tell us the whole, like we all saw it. So oh, what did you say that? I'm just oh, saying, what did you think? Like, was oh, there, what oh, was the sorry. moment that, that so made I, you go, oh I, my God. I mean, pretty much, I was pretty much hooked because of the animation style, the which is what kind of Yusin was saying, the use of light. There's a scene... Where where a character is being judged and he's basically in some kind of spotlight, you know, kind of like yeah, a yeah. Round table, and they basically get to vote, and it's like you know if you vote yes, the light shines upon you, and it's only like this little dome of light, and it's so pretty, and I was just like, oh my god, this is like so affecting. Um, but it's not just like that; it's also the characters themselves just so easily. I mean, that open the, the opening is I think maybe a few minutes, and there's no dialogue. Oh, right. and it's very affecting. Um, but the biggest thing I would say is that it looks like, and I, I have only seen the first three episodes, but the design of the first three episodes seems to be 
looking at pairs of people, where they're they're related, whether they're like, you know, scientist and assistant, and how two people with very similar like circumstances might have very different ideologies. And so in the first three episodes, we see that the bartender actually had a brother who's kind of the big bad. And our main characters are the two girls, the one girl who looks like she's probably like 14, and then her like little sister. And the little sister is always very clumsy. Uh, well, sort of. But I feel like what the show is about, yes, is about basically taking pairs of people and seeing how the way they look at the world might not be um, good for the relationship, I guess. And I was just surprised how emotionally spent I was by the end of the third episode. Like, I don't, I guess I don't want to. No, we're, keep... we're talking about it. Talk about it. I mean. Well, actually, let's have somebody else talk about it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But okay. I, I mean, I really love it. But yeah, I'm curious to see. It's funny because, you know, Allison, I can never tell if Allison's going to be like, this is the worst piece of crap ever. <laughs> or she's going to be like, I love it. You know, like, so, uh, Allison, go. Well, uh, it's it's the second. Um, this was this just really blew me away. I knew absolutely nothing about League of Legends. I've, I don't really play video games. I'd never heard of this before. So I didn't get involved in it because, you know, it was, it was um, something that I was aware of. Uh, and I don't think that you need to be aware of it no, to, to really all. enjoy this yeah. at all. I mean, yeah. I think you can come into this absolutely blind. I certainly did because the story is so strong and the characters are so strong. And I visually, it is just sumptuous. It is an absolute treat to to watch the design of everything. You know, it's got this amazing steampunk look. And it just, I mean, they, they go into meticulous design in the same kind of way that you would expect out of like a, a multi-million dollar big budget movie. It just, just the costumes on all the characters and the way they're designed and the movement of the characters and the, the fine detail in the expressions that they have. It's just absolutely hypnotizing to watch. Um, I, I was just completely drawn in, not only by how beautiful it is, but also how well-written it is. The script is just great. The characters are full-fledged, you know, three-dimensional figures that you can really appreciate and get into. And you learn more and more about them personally and about the world that they inhabit with, with every episode. And all of that just impressed me so much. Well, I, can I we know speak, that can, can we start to speak about the end? Because we got to wrap this up. We can't stay on it too long. And I want Tom to, me, to talk me, too. Yeah, I did. I did let, there was just one, one particular thing that I wanted to hit on um, because Yusin had mentioned first about the lighting. Um, it, there is one particular effect that I have never seen done in animation before that just impressed me. And I'm still trying to figure out how they did it, which is they get black light on, on in this. Oh, thing. yeah. That's cool. Seriously. And yeah. it's gorgeous and it looks yeah. i mean it looks as, as good as if you'd you'd photographed just a black light scene and i it's it's beautifully done and that just impressed me but right. um yeah well, let's tom, let tom get to speak episode. yeah let, let's tom get to speak real quick but yeah i just want to add to what everybody said this is terrific i i'm not much of a gamer either but you know, I based on everybody's recommendation i checked it out and man i was not disappointed the thing that's the thing that I love is is the perfect blend of top-notch stylized animation and good quality storytelling and world building. Mm -hmm. Unlike some things that I won't mention by name that are out in theaters right now, 
where they do a lousy job of world building, this sucks you in almost immediately emotionally by putting this young pink haired heroine in the lead. And then the relationship between her and her, I guess, foster sister or kind of. No, oh, she's that's, her, her, that's her real sister. sister. Is it her real sister? Yes. Yeah, they're yeah. they're just their parents were killed on the bridge. At the oh, that's, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That that feels like so long ago because they're moving through the story so quickly. But um, the voice cast is terrific, and it's a good mix of voiceover actors and a few stunt cast star actors, including Shrey Agdashlu from The Expanse and the aforementioned Haley Stein. We gotta wrap this. Come on, man. But but, <laughs> but the the end of the uh, the, the end of. Um, Episode three is pivotal because they kill off the mentor figure who's kind of been taking, you know, kind of like a Fagin to these, uh, you know, Oliver Twist style orphans for better lack of better terms. And then he meets his maker at the hands of his brother. And then meanwhile, Kevin, Kevin Alejandro as the scientist who is working to basically find develop magic through science, science, which is great. And it's forbidden. But he does it anyway, and now that he seems to be getting it to work, people have, people, uh, he's got people's attention. But man, yeah, this is terrific. And I've never heard of these showrunners before, but please sign them to some big major projects because they know how to do it. And there's Seriously. a lot of people out here foundering with major properties. All right. Yeah, well, I, do, need... I do, I do want to say one thing about the finale. Is that and this this goes to you know for people who are thinking oh it's an animated show let's sit down with the kids and watch it no um, this is so not for children that third episode um, of the first three that get dropped is a bloodbath yeah. and it's very graphic and I really I was it it went in places I was not expecting and and killed off characters I thought were going to be going throughout the entire series. And, and who we get emotionally invested in. And really, you know, this is this is very much an adult piece. Yes. Very much. Okay, well, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to say, I think, thumbs up all around. Like, everybody's like, oh, yeah. if you're not watching Arcane, go watch it right now. It's, it's fantastic. All right, so uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, on sci-fi.radio, we Napolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.